We've been talking about reel-to-reel Christmas in Hollywood and uh, Polar Express. How many of you have seen that movie? Uh, animation in that's incredible, isn't it? But uh, it's a story about a, a boy that is doubting the existence of Santa, and he, he really wants to believe in Christmas. And he goes to bed, and as he falls asleep, he begins to dream. And then the story kind of unfolds as he's standing at the doors of a train. Conductor says that it's a train going, it's the Polar Express, and that it's bound for the North Pole. And after some hesitation, the young boy jumps on board. And the movie's foci is, is kind of the journey of this adventurous young boy and several of his friends and how they kind of grew and the, the experiences that they encountered on that trip kind of changed their life forever. In fact, let's just watch a little clip from it here. The movie uh, raises a big question of, do you believe? Of course, they're talking about Santa. But I was thinking, you know, we all have a ticket on a ride called life. And God desires to use you. And here's my question. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God could use you? In fact, turn to your neighbor and don't say it as a question. Say, God could use you. You know, the Bible says that God's looking for people to use if we just get on board. In fact, I believe God would wear you out. It it would be an incredible ride. But I know some of you, as I'm saying that, are sitting there going, well, God can never use me. And you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Not only does God want to use you, God, God is waiting. He is eager to, to use you in ways that you can't even imagine. If you just get on board. And what you need is a ticket to, to get on that train. You remember what the conductor says right before the train takes off? What? All aboard! All right, say that with me. All aboard! Mary got on a train. Why did God choose Mary? Why did God take an ordinary girl and use her in an extraordinary way? Do you have any idea why God chose Mary? I mean, it wasn't because of her education. She she didn't have a formal education. It wasn't because she was rich and prominent. The fact is, she, she was poor and unknown. And it definitely wasn't because she was mature, because if you have teenagers, you know the answer to this. She was a teenager. Teenagers aren't mature. But God chose Mary, and I think one of the reasons was because she believed. She believed God. She believed that God could actually use her. Scripture says in Luke, the first chapter, says in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man who was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. It's interesting, the word perplexed is petrified means scared to death. 
And I think, would, wouldn't you be a little bit scared if an angel showed up at your door? Seriously, have you ever thought about those kind of things? I mean, Mary had every reason to, to be afraid, but yet she didn't let fear control her. Angel says to her, you know what? You're going to be a mom. You're going to be the mother of Jesus. I think she had all kinds of fears. I mean, she had the fear of criticism. You know, what, what are people going to think? I mean, I'm a virgin, but I'm having a baby. That'd be a tough one. And then I think she had fears of the supernatural. You know, what's going to happen to me? I mean, what, what does this really mean? Uh, the fears of inadequacy. You know, how am I going to handle this? The, the fear of change. How's this going to change my life? I mean, anybody that's had children, they change your life, don't they? Let alone the Son of God. And I think fears keep us from being used by God. Mary had fears, but she didn't let them control her. Instead, she kind of modeled the things that I believe you've got to have if you're going to be used by God. I think she possessed the right kind of tickets that allowed her to be a part of that first Christmas Express. And I think these tickets are the same tickets that we need in our lives. And I thought we'd just kind of look at them today. And the first ticket is lead. You know, get the lead out of it. Let God use you or let's flip it around and say, lead. That's a ticket you need. You know, let God lead your life. You know, who's, who's leading your life today? You know, who are you looking to? Who are you listening to? Who are you calling and, and letting them navigate you? Whose game plan are you following? Have you thought about that recently? I mean, we talk a lot at the church here about God has a custom plan with your name all over. That, but it's not automatic. At some point in your life, you have to decide who you're going to follow, who's going to lead, you know, who, who you're going to listen to. Are you going to cooperate with God's purpose for your life? At some point, you've got to decide that. Because if you don't, I can tell you something for sure. You will miss God's plan. You know, God uses people that allow him to lead. People that say, you know what, I'm going to put him first. I'm going to give him my whole heart. You know, God, I want more than anything to be who you made me to be. You know, we pray that a lot around here. God, help us to be the people you created us to be. Angel shows up, Mary, says, you know, Mary, God's got this fantastic plan. He's going to come to this world. And... You're not going to believe this, Mary, but what, what he's going to do is he's coming as a baby. And you're going to give birth to that baby. You're going to be his mom. Can you imagine how that conversation must have been? And, and listen to Mary's reply. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he looked with favor on his humble servant. Mary didn't say, you know what, find somebody else. You know, I've got plans, I've got dreams, this this isn't convenient, it really doesn't work for me. I mean, Mary didn't say, you know, i got to think about what's best for me. Mary didn't decline God's will. No, Mary let God lead. Mary looked to God. She, She listened to God. She desired God's will more than anything in her life. You know, one of the reasons God chose her, I believe, is that God uses people 
that want to be used. Do you want to be used by God? I mean, as I read and study about Mary, Mary had two attitudes that show up over and over that are things I think we've got to have in our life if God's going to work in our life in a great way. And one of them is enthusiasm. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices. It gets excited. It's not a grin and bear it faith. You know what I mean by that? This, uh, well, God's going to use me. I just got to deal with it. Suffer, but it's the Christian thing to do. You know, it's not a matter of acceptance. It's not a matter of, of tolerance. Friends, it's a matter of eagerness. You know, God, I want to be used. I'm excited about this. Use me however you see fit. I believe that there's nothing great ever done without a lot of enthusiasm in life. I mean, where do you get enthusiasm? Well, it comes from two Greek words, in and theos. In God. In God, you will find enthusiasm. When you live your life in God, you'll be enthusiastic. And the second thing about Mary that, that just screams is she's, she's very humble. She has a lot of humility. She says, for God has looked with favor on his humble servant. It's kind of, thanks for thinking about me, God. It, Mary didn't have the attitude so many times you see well, I was wondering when you'd get around to it. You know, you got a deal when you got me. Mm-hmm. Wow, God, you are lucky. No, it's just, I'm a humble servant. And the point is, none of us, none of us deserve to be used by God. And in fact, we're all trophies of God's grace you know, God, God's working in our lives because, not because we deserve it, but because He desires it. You see how that shifts there? I mean, how can you tell if you're really, really open to God's will in your life? Well, well part of it is letting God lead, which means you're listening all the time. You're listening every day. In fact, I would argue with you that if you're not listening, if you're not having a quiet time every single day and listening to God that you really don't want God's will for your life. You know, Mary says in uh, verse 19, says Mary quietly treasured these things in her heart and often thought about them. You know, I think one of the reasons God chose her was she had this listening ear. She, she was tuned in to God. She was willing to let God lead her life and this sounds really elementary, but the fact is, the number one reason why God doesn't lead your life is because you're not open to God leading it. I mean, have you ever asked yourself who's leading in your life? You know, who, who's going to lead? You know, is it, is it your spouse? Is it your kids? Your parents? You know, is finances going to lead you? Is prestige or power going to lead you? And I know as I'm rattling this off, some of you are going, oh, Damon, give me a break now. Come on. I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. I call the shots. 
That's my point. Who's leading? Who's going to lead you in your life? You know, maybe, maybe you're sitting there saying, well, I'm not sure I know what's leading me. Ask yourself a very simple question. What do you desire more than anything? Because the answer to that will tell you what's in the lead. And I would challenge you to take whatever that is, move it, and let God lead. Here's the second ticket, and that's learn. See, I think there are a lot of things you've got to learn in, in, in your Christian walk. You've got to, got to learn to pay the cost. You know, you've got to pay the fee. And sometimes in life, it'll cost you more than others. And learning to pay that cost always costs you when you're following God's plan. It always costs. If you were to say today, in, in 2008, I want to be close to you, God. I want your will for my life. I want your plan, whatever it is. Here's what I could tell you. It will cost you this next year. There's always a cost. There's always a risk when you follow God. And there's something else you've got to learn is that it requires faith. It's always going to require faith of you. Mary decides to let God lead. And in the process, I think she learned some things. And one of the things she learned was following God had a high price tag. Big price tag for her. You know, Luke 1, 38 says, Mary says, I am the Lord's servant and I'm willing to do whatever he wants. You ever said that? God... I'm willing to do whatever you want. Whatever you want. What's whatever mean? Everything. Mary says, I'm willing to do whatever. I'm willing to do anything you ask me. And if you ask me, that's risky. I mean, it sounds risky. I mean, what if, what if Mary, when the angel showed up, she, she let him give his spiel and then said, well, you know, I'd like to kind of look this over a little bit. Think about it. You know, I'm going to have my attorney take a look. I uh, really want to look at the fine print, what I'm getting involved in. And I'm going to talk to a couple of consultants, and I'll get back to you, God. A few weeks later, shows back up. Yeah, um, I got to tell you. It's a little pricey for my blood. Sorry, I can't do this. What, what if Mary had done that? You know, I think we, we assume like she didn't have a choice. But she did have a choice. You know, Mary, Mary, if she hadn't been willing, the fact is we might not be standing here right now. At least on this day, celebrating Christmas is, is in this time of the year. You know, the fact is we definitely wouldn't be talking about Mary but Mary says, I'm willing to do whatever you want. I think that cost Mary a lot. Mary says yes. She could have said no. She had a choice. But she says yes, and it costs her. And one of the things that it cost her was her reputation. You know, she, she was a virgin, but she's pregnant. They could have stoned her to death. You know, how are you going to explain that one? I mean, think about it. Did you ever think about how just all she had to go through? You know, Jesus was 30 years old before he performed his first miracle that would have kind of validated her in some, some aspects. It would have 
confirmed that Jesus was who she said he was. And can you imagine what people were thinking? Imagine what she was thinking. What's everyone going to think? One of my parents, my friends, my fiance. You know, we talked about that conversation with her fiance, that uh, what that would have been like. Joseph, by the way, um, I know we're engaged, but um, I'm pregnant and you're not the father. The father's God. Would you believe that? Seriously. I mean, I doubt that people bought the story. I can only imagine the, the neighbors talking. Mary, you're a teenager, you're single, your kids today, they're crazy. You're engaged, and you're pregnant, and you're still a virgin. Okay, whatever. And the Father's God? Really? I mean, it's your story. Tell it how you want, Mary. We don't care. I mean, this is the Hollywood walk of shame. Oh, poor Mary and Joseph, isn't it bad? Have you heard the far-fetched story that they're telling about it's the Son of God? I mean, they've gone off the deep end, if you ask me. I doubt if anybody believed her in the community, except for Joseph, her cousin Elizabeth, and Elizabeth's husband, Zachariah. And you know why they believed? Because they had something supernatural happen in their lives, too. For years, they were the talk of the town. I don't know why Joseph doesn't dump her. He must be codependent or something. You know, he just can't let her go. They're about as dysfunctional as they get. They're pathological liars. Have you heard the pregnancy story? It's crazy. I mean, if you get serious, friends, about God's plan for your life, and you say to God, you know what, God? I'm going to let you use me. Whatever you want to do, do it. I'm yours. People will misunderstand you. People will misjudge you. People will criticize you. They'll challenge you. You can count on it. You can take that one to the bank. Mary sacrificed her reputation. I think it also cost her comfort because the Bible says that Jesus, he was born in Bethlehem. They lived in Nazareth. And we talked last week about that, that whole journey. How would you like to have been nine months pregnant? You've got to travel 70 miles probably on foot. I know all the pictures, and I don't want you to, I don't want to kill these great images that we have, but there's a good chance she walked. Joseph might have rode the donkey. That's how it would have been in those days. But even if he was a gentleman, they might not have had one. She may have walked 70 miles pregnant. Have you ever ridden for like 70 miles in a car with a pregnant woman? I mean, it can get tense. I told you we should have stopped at that last gas station. Where's quick trip when you need it, you know? How would you like to be a teenage girl having your first child? I'm going to stretch guys' minds a little bit here. And you're in a foreign city having a baby in a cold barn, no family, no creature comforts. There were creatures, I mean, lambs and goats and cattle and mice, but no comfort. How would you like to have been in that situation? And then once you have the baby, you find out that the the king wants to kill your son. And so you have to flee to a foreign country. Jesus ends up in Egypt. 
He's a refugee. That was tough. But God's purpose for life, and hear this, includes problems. There's something I've learned through the years, that problems are not always an accident. Sometimes it's part of God's plan. Following God will cause you to get your equilibrium knocked. It will require sacrifice. Following God will cost you, trust me. Luke 14, 27 says, Jesus says, you cannot be my disciples if you do not carry your own cross and follow me. But don't begin until you count the cost. Jesus says up front, he says, you know what? There is a cost. Don't commit yourself. Don't put your hand to the plow. Don't take that step till you really consider the cost in all of this. The Apostle Paul comes along and he writes these words. He says, all these things that I once thought very worthwhile, now I've thrown them all away so that I can put my trust and hope in Christ alone. I mean, Paul understood cost-benefit. He understood how you analyze that. And he says, you know what? It's worth it. It is worth it. Paul says, all these things, all these things that I used to think were so important and so cool and so valuable in my life, he says, they're just cheap plastic trinkets. And they don't matter anymore. Because what matters and what I've learned is to dump all that stuff and just allow myself to be in the center of God's plan for my life. To allow myself to be who God created me to be. And I just wonder, have you learned that yet? Have you learned that in your life? What are you willing to give up to be used by God? And I know just as I say that, some of you are going, whoa, wait, wait a minute. You've got to give something up? I, I didn't hear about having to give stuff up when I'm a Christian. Well, friends, you're going to give stuff up. Now, those of you that are real analytic are going, like what? What are, you, what are you talking about? Well, you might have to give up some habits that you have. You might have to give up some relationships or friendships that are tearing you down instead of building you up. You might have to give up, get this, your dreams, your aspirations, your goals, your plans. You might have to give up your finances. You might have to give up your comfort. And here's the question, are you willing to do that? But you've got to learn that stuff. And that's the ticket that Mary had. She learned. I want to say something. I don't care how old you are. It's never too late to take that step. And there's one more ticket, and that's believe. Believe. You've got to believe God's word. You've got to believe God's promises. And we're talking about trusting God with whatever in your life. So often we talk about the people of faith that we talk about on Sunday morning when you're reading through the, through the Bible or people that, that are great throughout history and we go, man, they, they really left an imprint in, in God's kingdom. And we talk about these individuals because they were willing to let God lead. They were willing to learn. They were willing to take the risks and pay the price and trust God. And they had courage to be used by God. And courage, friends, doesn't mean that they're, they're not afraid, that there's an absence of fear. What it means is moving forward regardless of the fear that you have. It requires faith sometimes. You know, Mary believed in faith. She, she didn't have all the answers. 
But you know what? She believed in a God that had all the answers. There's the shift. There's the thing that makes it different. You know, Mary says, says this in uh, Luke 1. says, Mary asked the angel, but how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the power of God shall overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I love this line, verse 37. It says, for every promise from God shall surely come true. You see, God uses people who dare to believe, who dare to trust God's promises. Mary, Mary wasn't afraid, even though it was supernatural. Mary wasn't afraid of miracles, and God did the miracle. Mary just believed that it was possible. You say, well, you know, God's never done a miracle in my life. Really. Does it scare you? I mean, are you afraid of God's will? Are you afraid of miracles? Are you afraid of the supernatural? Are you afraid? Here's what we're afraid of. We might lose control. In fact, I believe the reason why God doesn't do miracles in most lives is we don't expect God to. We play it safe. When was the last time you asked God for a miracle and then waited for God to perform that miracle? You just prayed about it and gave God a chance to give it. See, part of the problem is we don't wait. You know, we pray and then we immediately go out and get our charge card out and get whatever it is. We rush to the door and we pound it down and we take charge. We jump in and we're, we're going to handle it. And we wonder why God doesn't do anything. And friends, part of the problem is we never gave him a chance. You know, when was the last time you just believed God for something? In fact, I would challenge you to let God do a miracle. Because God moves in people's lives that believe Mary, Mary had every reason to worry. She had every reason to be scared to death. She, she's going to carry this great responsibility in her life. But you find that Mary, after she had this encounter with an angel, you find Mary worshiping. You find Mary praising God. You find Mary lifting up prayers to God. And I want to suggest that when you find yourself in a situation where you think you're in over your head and you're following God's will, that's key here, you're following God's will, that when you find yourself in that place, and you can't quite figure it out, don't worry. Worship. Don't panic. Pray. Every time you're afraid and paralyzed, you've forgotten God's promises. You missed them. Trust. You know, Jesus says what's possible or impossible with humans is possible with God. Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, she understood why God chose Mary. She says in Luke 1, 45, she says, you believe that God will do what he said. Right here. Here's the answer. That's why he has given you this wonderful blessing. 
See, God uses people that let him lead, that, that learn to pay that cost, that believe. You know, you can depend on God. You can rely on God. You can count on God. You can take that to the bank. There's a great scene at the end of uh, Polar Express. Um, in fact, I don't, I'm not even going to set up. Let's just watch this little piece here. God has a plan for your life. And it does not matter. It absolutely doesn't matter where that train's going. But what matters is if you get on the train. You know, I, I don't know how to say this any clearer. I get up here week after week after week, and you know, I look out at you. I know many of you. And you have this enormous unbelievable, sky-high, through the roof, through the heavens, potential. And you don't see it. You don't believe it. I mean, I see it. I know God sees it. You know, God's gifted you. He's given you talents. He's given you health. He's given you freedom, creativity. He's given you sharp minds. He's given you a good education. You've been raised in one of the finest places on the planet in a perfect time and space. He's given you all these abilities because God wants to use you. And, you know, it's like at Christmas time, you know, we give gifts to everybody under the sun. Why not give a gift to God this Christmas? Why don't you just give God everything? And, and you know, I've thought about, what do you, it's hard to get something because if God wants it, he'd just make it. He'd be like, hey, give me a little dust. I'll make some more of that, you know. What do you give God? I mean, if, if you could write a check... For $10 million, it would not mean as much to God as giving God your ticket and saying, I'm getting on board. I want you to use me this next year however you see fit. That would thrill God. You know, one day we're going to stand before God and God's going to say, What did you do with all the stuff I gave you? All the talents I gave you? All the giftedness? All the time? Are you willing to be used by God? Because there's a God that's saying, Tickets, please. All aboard! God's got a plan for your life. He really does. Let's stand for a word of prayer. God, we praise you. And God, we thank you that you loved us so much you sent your son to this world. God, there's not a picture more endearing 
than that picture of you taking that first breath. God, we don't know what was in your mind. But God, when we see that picture, we know salvation came. God, I thank you for that. I praise you for that. God, I pray that this Christmas that you just see the desires of our hearts that we just have a willingness to run after you with everything in us. God, I thank you for each person here. The way you created, fearful and wonderful. God, I just pray we'd all get aboard. That you just use us as you see fit. We give you the glory. We give you the praise this day. Amen.